It's the gentle ocean breeze that sweeps you off your feet. The 99 holes of championship golf that offer endless possibilities. The small town southern charm that embraces you everywhere you go. From the beaches in the east to the marshes in the west, there's a special feeling you get on Amelia Island. It's a real thing. It's an island thing. Make it your thing. Start planning your Northeast Florida beach escape now at AmeliaIsland.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody and welcome back. My name's Deborah Hatswell, and you're listening to BBR Investigations. Over the last 18 months, I've been asked so many times, how do I find the sighting reports I share? And the simple answer is they find me. I also believe that sighting reports are dramatically on the increase, and they have been for a number of years now. As I release each report via an article or podcast, Several people will contact me via comments, email or messenger with their experiences that they've had in the same area. Or they may recognise the description or the habit of the creature being seen as it fits with their own experience. Tonight, in the first half of the podcast, I would like to share some reports with you and look at some other cases in the areas the experience happened in. We have a report from a man. We saw a similar creature to the one seen at Bempton in Kent and a lady who experienced the same creature close to Bempton but she saw it at the lighthouse near Flamborough Head. In the second half of tonight's podcast I'll share some of the latest reports to come into BBR over the last month. So we'll hear from Darren and a ghostly experience he had growing up in Derbyshire and a chap who has a missing time event at the Ruffing Stones where he received three deep scratches. My recent podcast on the Beast of Bempton is a really good example of how one report will turn into many as each person opens up about their experience. Emma and Sarah contacted me after a visit to the base at Bempton and within 24 hours of that report being released I'd been contacted not only by another witness to the Beast but also a number of people who recognised something within the report that rang a bell for them. To give you a quick recap for any new listeners, at the RAF radar base on Bempton Cliffs in Yorkshire and all along that stretch of coast, there are reports of multiple UFO events, the feeling of being watched or a feeling of dread or doom. Strange creatures are often seen reported, often in packs, and at least three that stalk and shadow the humans out of the area. It is said that the creature will hide and will move strategically along. And at certain times, the movement 
in the dark or the eye shine of the creature is the only thing that gives them away. Emma and Sarah went to the area at the end of August 2022 and they saw a number of creatures that had a very canine feel to them. And as the ladies moved back to the area where they'd parked their car, they were followed by these creatures and the unknown animals were spotted by the ladies a number of times. The next day, the ladies went back to the area in daylight and then met a dog walker. He was a local lady in her 60s. And she shared that she'd seen a strange canine-looking creature at Bempton Pond in 2021. When I released that onto Facebook, I got a comment from a lady, a visitor to Flamborough Head, um, and she wanted to share her experience along the coast that happened in 2021. She said, two orange eyes, it flanked us. I saw your post on the Beast of Bempton, and I wanted to share my experience with you that happened on a visit to the area in 2021. I saw a set of big orange eyes that were watching us from about 10 to 12 metres away. They were just staring at us in the dark. This was at Flamborough Head and very near to the lighthouse. I've searched on the internet for any eyes of any animal that resemble what I saw, but I can't find any. Whatever it was seemed to be stalking us as it was flat to the floor and it stayed that way all through the event. I would say the look in the eyes confirmed this. When I swung my torch a second time, it flanked us and was making a retreat, as I only saw the eyes sideways. Despite the torchlight, I never even glimpsed a body, so I'm presuming it was very dark in colour, and in poor light it blended in with its surroundings. It's been a year since I saw it, and I still have no idea as to what it was. During the premiere of this podcast on YouTube, that always happens on a Saturday at 8pm, I run a live chat option for listeners so they can comment or ask questions or just talk to each other. The podcast featuring the report made by Emma and Sarah aired just last week on YouTube. And during that video, a listener commented in the chat about their experience at Bempton Cliffs that they were happy for me to share with you all. Alien Woods is his YouTube handle and he said, we saw a creature at Bempton that looked like a donkey and it had a wolf's head. He said, we chased after it, but by the time we reached where it had been, it was gone. Then the Land Rover tried to run us over in a wagon. And there were three of us out that night. It was only about 7pm and it looked like a really weird donkey. Now, if you remember the report made by Sarah and Emma, you'll know that they stayed in Rudston during their visit to Bempton. And it was at the mention of this place that my co-host, Deborah Singleton, shared something with the group in chat. Deb said, Around six years ago now, my friend was moving house. And on the day my friend moved to Rudston, a man who he didn't know approached him and asked if he was moving into the area. When my friend replied yes, the man told him not to go out after dark and to keep his doors and windows locked. When my friend asked why, the man explained that there were some mad men out there, and he walked off. Now Deb isn't sure what this man was referring to, and she felt that Rudston was a quiet little place, but I am sure there are folk out there that will put us right, as looking where it's situated, I hazard a guess that there will be a number of UFO and paranormal reports if we just dig deep enough or ask the right questions. If you know any, please let me know. 
Now, a number of people also contacted me about something in the description of the beast at Bempton that reminded them of an experience they had in a different area of the UK. One chap reached out to me and shared his experience in Ramsgate, Kent, on the southeast coast. Also an area with a number of old Ministry of Defence land and buildings that's been left after the two wars. He said, I saw your post about the strange creature that was seen by Emma and Sarah on the Yorkshire coast at RAF base at Bempton. I'm curious to know what animals reflect yellow or gold eye shine. I've seen just that from approximately 30 to 40 feet away. Despite the distance, the eyes look to be a good 10 to 12 inches across. I dread to think of the size of the body of that bloody thing. He said, I didn't see this at Bempton. I saw it in the park two years ago in Ramsgate about this time of year. It got really dark whilst out and I was walking with my one-year-old pup. She picked up on something and wouldn't proceed in the direction we were heading. And I started to get that feeling. And the sixth sense thing kicked in and told me to turn about. And I did. Ten minutes or so later, I caught the eye shining in a hedgerow in another part of the park. As I read the message left for me by the witness, I realised I'd marked a section on my map because of a report I'd taken a number of years ago. I'd made a note, I'd put a pin there. Looking at the lay of the land down there, I'd marked Ramsgate Cemetery on the map as a possible place I would eventually receive a report from in years to come. More than likely the canine nature who would be moving between the MLD base and the cemetery. So I asked if it was okay if I guessed the area where the yellow eyes were seen. And our witness was happy to oblige. So I said, I'd say that the report took place close to the cemetery. And this was his reply. Actually, as the crow flies, the cemetery is about 500 yards in the opposite direction from my sighting. Ironically, at the time, I lived smack bang in between the two. Now, I guess you're wondering how I knew that there would be a report from that cemetery area at some point in the future. I think I've studied this subject for so long and taken so many reports and data and evidence finds that I can spot a potential sighting spot by its location and a number of patterns. I'm not always right, but I get it right probably eight times out of ten. Most sighting areas has a number of things in common. And there's usually a lot of green belt or rural land, just a short walk from the area itself. There'll be a good stream leading to a river. And for some strange reason, there is always golf courses, country parks and railway tracks. In areas with MOD land or cemetery, there is usually a dogman or a werewolf report. I also find them in areas where people talk about dark, hulking figures, you know, all one shape, that kind of thing. That could sometimes go very canine. If not the creature itself is spotted, then we get reports of a para habit, which means howls or growls, you know, shadowing or following behaviour, something that the creature is known to do. In 99% of the cases, the creature could have remained hidden if it chose to, which in these two cases it did. But if we follow the coast southwards, there's a report in Tilmanston that might just connect to the creeper in Ramsgate. But to be fair, there are lots of canine, werewolf and dogman reports in Kent. Or sometimes the creature seen or heard is far more ape-like in description. 
I'll leave that for you to decide. Witness report. I wrote to you as I've heard something really weird while I was working. I'm a carpet fitter, so I travel from house to house fitting carpets or to give a quotation. I had a job out the way, out in the sticks, and I was unloaded some underlay from me van. I heard about four really loud, unusual vocalisations. Now, the best way I can describe these... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Leftovers? Or... The DMV? Number 97. Or... House cleaning? Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sounds like a wooing noise. Four single howls admitted one at a time. Not a noise I would normally hear on a normal day at work. And for all we're out in the country... It wasn't anything I could think of. I would describe them as howling or long howling wounds and they really stood out. They sounded like a sort of woo and you could hear that noise probably in a jungle or a documentary, I think. They did sound like a primate. Yet the nearest zoo was 25 miles away. I wouldn't think sound would travel that far, but I might be wrong. I've never heard these noises before and it was enough for me to stop in my tracks and really listen to what direction it was coming from. I was in the Tilmerston area of Kent, which is an old mining village near the Dover Sandwich area. I listened really hard to try and clue in how far away this sound was. They sounded close, but not close at the same time. It's confusing. I couldn't pinpoint a direction and I knew it wasn't a fox or anything native like that. To be honest, as I was in work mode, you know, that frame of mind, thinking about the job ahead, I think that's why it stood out so much, because I could tell it was nothing I'd heard before. If I had to state what kind of noise, I would have to say it was definitely like a primate type of whoop. It sounded like a very haunting sound. It sort of hung in the air after it finished. It wouldn't have sounded out of place in a jungle, but in the middle of Kent, it did which makes it very hard for me to explain. Another chap contacted me via my Facebook page and he asked what the lady who saw the creature in Flamborough had meant when she said, whatever it was, it seemed to be stalking us as it was flat to the floor. 
I would say the look in its eyes confirmed this. He also added a statement of his own and he said, I've seen something very similar here in Nottingham as the thing witnessed on the Yorkshire coast. What I saw had unusually large oval-shaped eyes. It had a flat face and it was against the ground. I even recognised the oddball behaviour of the animal. When the witness said, the look in the eyes confirmed this, is she perhaps referring to some kind of clear, emotive expression? Because the animal that I saw was calm. It never panicked or bolted. It scowled at me like Clint Eastwood. And then it lay back down in the darkness. And when it did that, it was like a reptile submerging beneath the water. That sentence alone is enough to fill you with chills. The very thought of something slipping down into the darkness, just like the oldest predator on our planet, is unnerving. There are a lot of dark places in the world for a creature like this to hide. Nottingham are several reports of creatures to pick from. The next report I found really creepy, and I think you may too. And it took place in Bilbury in Nottingham in 94. He had to walk past Harvey Haddon Stadium in Bilbury and he'd taken the girl back to her home and he's walking back again by himself. And he said, I just go and cut it a cut through, just minding my business. And then I heard a blood-curdling growl. I just froze. I was so scared and I turned around and I couldn't believe what I saw. There was this thing and it was looking at me and it was about seven feet tall. It had a really heavy build and it had black fur all over its body. I'm six foot eight, and I am scared of no man, but this thing scared the living hell out of me. I started to back up, bit by bit, and it just stood there and looked at me, and then it started to come towards me, and I ran like mad. I don't think I've ever run that fast in my life before me. I knew it was behind me all the way home. I could hear it. I could hear it breathing and I could hear it running. And how I managed to get home, I'll never know. My dad asked me what had happened and I told him and he just said it was a trick of the light or my imagination. And I tried to convince myself of that. But I was so wrong. A year or so later, I was walking over the place with my girlfriend's brother. It was a foggy night and we were just walking along. And then just out of the blue, he said, What's that? I couldn't see anything and I said, what are you on about? And then he pointed at this crouched thing. I literally could not believe my eyes. It was moving through the fog swiftly and then it stopped. And that's when I heard the growl again and we both set off running. That was not the darkness playing tricks on me. I can't guess this away for a second time. How do I do that? How do I explain it away? Who can explain it to me? What happened? I know what I saw. And ever since that night, I've never walked that way again. And we've never talked about it. And I still think about those nights to this day, Deb. It still scares me that much. I'm not nuts. And I know that no one will believe me. But I saw a werewolf. And I would take a lie detector test if someone could arrange it. Or prove that I'm not lying. The creature that I saw was crouched on all fours and it was still huge, at least five feet high. 
And if it had stood up to its full height, I think it would have been around seven foot tall. It was very broad across the chest. The width was bigger than mine and I have a 50 inch chest. It was massive and all black in colour with longish arms and it was very dark and hair covered. But I'm sure that it had a dog's head. I do remember its eyes. I will never forget them or the colour that they were. They were yellowish. To be honest, I was so terrified. I don't think I will ever forget that night. I don't think many of us would forget an experience like that. It does stay with you for years and you rerun it constantly through your mind, but it never goes away and you can never explain it away. I think I'd feel like the lottery if somebody could tell me just anything to explain away what I saw that day and I know so many others who are the same. Now, in the second half of our podcast, I would like to share some of the latest reports to come into BBR over the last month. First, I'd like to share an update from Wolfe. Our regular listeners will know who I mean when I say Wolfe. A young lady I'm in touch with in Scotland has had an experience with something that would be classed as a dogman or a werewolf since her early teenage years. She was never afraid of him, and on occasion she would put him sternly in his place. He seemed to be known to her parents, and her mum had seen a strange creature when she was out in the fields with the dogs. Our young lady saw the same or similar figure, and she said the dogs began growling towards the bottom of the field, and I wasn't sure what they were growling at until I saw a tall, dark figure. The figure was standing quite far down the field, so I couldn't make any features. And suddenly the figure dashed into the trees and the shrubs surrounding the bog. One night I was walking along with the boundaries of the field with my dog and I had my little pocket torch and the dog growled upon the banking. I shone the light up towards the train track thinking there must be something up there and I caught some amber red eye shine in the torchlight. We even heard growls in the garden at night. There were other occasions when our witness was out with a rescue dog and the dog far outweighed her and she found herself on a lonely track with a dog picking up on her fear. It didn't take long for Wolfie to make himself known. She said, A growl came from the bushes where the fence was, and I realised that there was a drop behind the fencing, and that the shrub was just the top of a small tree. I was looking down at the dog's head as I tugged on his lead, and I saw a furry thigh emerge from the twiggy foliage, and it moved out towards us. I didn't look up, I swiveled my hips and I dragged the now snarling dog down the road. There have been many other times that Wolfie has interacted with our witness and if you want to hear the full in-depth account, you can find it on my YouTube podcast. Our witness left Scotland, she now lives abroad. She contacted me this month to give me an update on how she was and also to share something her uncle had told her she felt that I'd be interested in. She said, I was speaking to my uncle Deb and Wolfie came up in conversation. I believe he'd been watching something about Skinwalker Ranch on TV and I made an offhand comment about seeing things like that myself over the years. He didn't seem shocked. Well, as discussions do, one thing led to another and I'll try and explain what my uncle told me. He said that back in the 1970s, very early 80s, 
My mum kept horses on a yard up by Campsie Fells near Glasgow. My uncle would often be with her and her friends as they fared and settled the animals for the night, or if they were out riding late in the summer and autumn months. My uncle told me there were numerous encounters with Wolfie up there. One woman who was with mum fell and broke her ankle when her horse spooked. Apparently she'd seen something in the tree line and told him to come out, I can see you. And at that, her horse had spooked. I think mum was with her and got her back to the yard safely. But every single encounter my uncle told me about, there was someone who was hurt by a horse spooking, but mum's horse never did. She wasn't hurt and he could never see anything, but he smelled that wet dog smell that you get when wolf is around. He also told me how mum had gone to their dad and told him that she'd seen a wolf man. And he laughed and said it was probably just a dog soldier. Now, neither of us understands what this means. And the movie for dog soldiers came out long after my granddad passed away. So I thought I'd relate back to you. I did find it interesting, Deb, that mum never told me any of this. But my uncle said how freaked out she used to be and, you know, how she would get when he was around. But sometimes she'd keep him close by for protection. He's a good few years younger than her, I believe. So whatever wolf he is, Deb, he's at least that old. As I ride on Winter Hill, regardless of the time of year, I invariably remember every report I've ever taken in the area. I know many people who've had experiences when they're out riding. And I believe that the horse and the stable smells can cover our mask, our human scent as we ride. Growing up around the stable yard or in a tack room makes your nose blind when it comes to equine smells. Every person I know that's been out and seen something when they've been on a horse said, I don't think it realised it was there because of the horse. Even Patterson and Gimlin were riding the day that they saw Patter in America. And I believe this is why they managed to get so close. I have a report on Winter Hill from 2012 where two creatures follow two separate sets of people down off Great Hill. The lady who made that report keeps her horses on Winter Hill. Thankfully, as winter comes in, I don't ride in the evening. If I visit the hill at night, it's in the car with my husband, Mark, or with our dog, Roy. And there is one wood. Our dog will not enter once it's dark. He's fine in the day. He just refuses to go in there at night. And he growls lightly at the stone wall. But I'll leave that for another podcast. Our witness mentioned the Campsie Fells as a place her mum stabled her horses. And we have a report there that could be Wolfie or one of his kind. It was a chap who made the report because he'd had a conversation with his friend. And he said, my friend told me sometimes last November, probably 2020, about the night he was walking his dog down near the dam about 11pm and he said that the dog suddenly started to get really startled and it was pulling to get away from something in the bushes. He said that there was this very large shadow shaped thing that was perched on top of a railing or a fence within the bushes and he thought he saw it shaking and at that point he said panic set in and he practically ran up to the house. Now I saw him again just after New Year 2021. And he said it had happened again around Christmas time. But this time, he didn't see anything. He just heard something moving about in the bushes. 
the same thing happened as last time. The dog wouldn't go near the bushes and he ran in the opposite direction heading home. He said, this is where it gets really strange. The same friend was out walking the dog as usual on the same route. It was daytime and he met a lady he knew and she was walking her dog and he casually said to her about his dog being a bit of a wimp recently and he explained to her what had happened. And my friend then said to me that the woman looked very shocked and she said she was surprised to hear this as she too had witnessed something odd she didn't recognise down in that area when she was out walking her dogs a few days before. He said, I think there's more to this because there are large woodlands in that area and it would be interesting if anyone else had any similar experience but I didn't think of telling anyone at the time. I have posted a request on the Glasgow Hidden Forums to see if anyone else has had any other odd experience there. I had a look and there are a number of reports close by the two areas that Wolfie was seen in, the one where our witness lived and the area her mum grew up in. And there are lots of sighting reports in between those two areas. So who knows, maybe it is Wolfie or one of his clan. Now, I'd like to bring you another new report sent to me recently via email. And as we get closer and closer to autumn and the thinning veil of all hallows, we all like a good, scary or spooky story to tell around the campfire. I'm no different to anyone else. The joy of being sent new reports never diminishes. I get just as excited now as I did back when I started out. I have the luxury of having so many reports coming in I don't have to buy books. I spend many a coffee moment reading all of the reports that come in here. When this report came in just this month, I knew I wanted to add it to our latest podcast. I received this report in the same way I did all of the other reports I've shared here tonight. In August, I shared a community post on YouTube asking if any of my listeners had ever seen a ghost. A gentleman named Darren commented on YouTube about his experience in the Buxton area. And he then contacted me via email. And I'm very glad that he did. He shared the following experience with us. Darren said, I commented on a YouTube post where you asked whether anyone had ever seen a ghost. The comment I made was very brief. So I thought you might be interested in a bit more detail of the events. On the estate where I grew up in Buxton, there was a house in which three children perished following a terrible tragedy on Christmas Eve. I think in the early 1970s. As the story goes, the father had gone to the pub for a Christmas drink and mother, thinking the children were asleep, had popped next door for a Christmas drink with the neighbours. In those days, most of the houses still had coal fires and tragically it seems the children, the oldest being about five years old, had come down and must have pulled or disturbed a coal out of the fire and sadly it set the whole house alight. There was a pub just up the road and I was told that when the alarm was raised a lot of the people from the pub came running down to try to get the children out before the fire brigade arrived. Unfortunately the house was too well ablaze by then and all three of the children perished. Moving forward about 14 or 15 years a friend and I were invited by a couple of girls to join them babysitting at this house which we were willingly agreed, being we were 14 or 15 at the time. Now, we'd heard the rumours about the house being haunted, but I never really paid much mind to it. 
So when they agreed night, we went round to see these girls. And I can clearly remember when we got there, only one girl was there. And as my mate and I sat down in the living room, she asked if we wanted a brew. We both said, yeah. So off she went into the kitchen. It was at this point I got the most incredible, unnerving feeling, which seemed to run all the way down my spine from top to bottom. I turned to my friend who was sitting next to me and said, they're here. And he looked at me with a blank face and just said, who? And I said, them ghosts, they're here. To which he burst out laughing and basically told me where to go. Well, literally, the very next second, the living room door slammed shut and we heard the sound of feet running across the landing, but strangely not up the stairs. Well, we both shot off the couch, screamed and ran straight out of the house and didn't stop until we were up by the road by the pub, leaving that poor girl in the kitchen alone without so much as a buy-your-leave. It didn't end there, though. Maybe a month later, we went back to the house, only this time there was six or seven of us, all sitting in the front room watching a video, including the young girl who our friend was looking after. Now, as you can imagine, I'm a 15-year-old lad in there with his 15-year-old girlfriend, and we decided to sneak upstairs into one of the bedrooms. And while we're in there, kissing on the bed, the door handle started rattling. It went up and down, like someone was trying to get in the room but couldn't get the door open. At this point, I didn't think it was anything other than one of the guys from downstairs playing a prank on us. In fact, I even said to my girlfriend, stay there, it'll be one of them jokers from downstairs. I jumped up off of the bed and I grabbed the door handle, which, by the way, was still rattling in my hand, and I pulled the door open to find an empty landing. I still didn't think anything spooky was going on at this point, so I was convinced that it was someone from downstairs. I checked all of the other bedrooms and then I legged it downstairs straight into the living room where everyone was sat engrossed in whatever video they were watching. It was at this point I started to panic and it was clear by their reaction when I asked who'd just been upstairs, it wasn't them. There was no smirking, no knowing looks or nods or giggling, just blank faces. It was then it occurred to me that the door handle was still rattling in my hand when I'd got hold of it and I opened the door and that would have been impossible for someone to have done that and got downstairs before being seen by me. I went back upstairs, I saw my girlfriend to come down and I said it was time to go. I never went back to that house again but I did speak to the babysitter about it and I asked if anything had happened while she was there and she told me she often heard footsteps running across the landing and that lights would just come on and go off randomly with no one in the house. She wasn't bothered by it. She also told me that the house had been exercised on at least two occasions, but with no success. As I said, I never went back to the house. But strangely, I was walking past it, perhaps ten years later, and I got to thinking about the events of that night. There was a netball pitch right outside the house, which had floodlights on it. And as I got level with the house, all the floodlights flashed on, making me turn to look at them. And then they went off. It must have been for no more than a second. Those lights actually freaked me out the most, as I had the same feeling go down my spine that I had years earlier 
when we were in the house. This was a Sunday night in winter, probably 10pm. The netball courts were all locked up and in complete darkness. I've never had any more paranormal experiences, but I thought you might have also been interested to hear that story. Everything I've told you is absolutely true, as it absolutely happened to me. Darren. My heart goes out to that poor family involved in this tragedy, and I wonder if the family still live there and they're going about their daily business as they did when they were alive and all together. I hope so. Our next report happened in North Wales, and it was a case where the witness received three scratches on his body. He said, Myself and my wife booked to stay at Ruthin Castle. We went on the 19th and 20th of September, 2021. On Monday night, after we finished a meal around 9pm, we decided to have a walk around the grounds as I'd seen some standing stones in a field on the edge of the forest by the castle and I wanted to visit them. I said to my wife that I wanted to go over and see them. She decided she didn't want to go and see them. So I ventured out on my own to have a look around the stone circle. I proceeded to walk around the edge of the stone, 13 of them in total, and I touched them as I walked. And then I walked into the centre where there was the biggest stone and it was flat and looked almost like an altar. And as I sat on the middle stone, it felt to me as though it had only taken two or three minutes to walk around the stones. I felt a cold breeze going over my neck and my shoulders. And then I felt my phone vibrating in my pocket. And it was my wife asking where I was. I realised I'd missed three texts and two phone calls for her. And apparently I'd been gone for a good ten minutes. But to me, it didn't really seem like that. I told her I was coming back. I met her and I didn't think any more of it and we went to bed. I got up the next day early as we were leaving, had a shower and breakfast and we checked out at Sanya. We went around the nearby town then home. Later that evening, I felt my right shoulder was a bit sore. So I asked my wife and daughter to see if there was anything there. And much to everyone's amazement, I had three deep scratches on my shoulder and they were still bleeding. I received so many replies to my question of who has seen a ghost that I will bring you those experiences on a later day when I have compiled them all. Over the next few weeks, I have some projects ongoing that I think you will all really enjoy. I'll be speaking to and interviewing a number of witnesses who have never before shared their experiences with the public. We will hear of ongoing activity in a town close to mine. We'll chat with Michaela Cook as she explains her experience that happened this month on the A6 when she saw a man with only half a face, followed by a vanishing house and some secret projects for the upcoming autumn months, and I think you'll enjoy them. If you enjoyed tonight's episode, please drop me a comment as it really helps my channel to grow. If you've got any information on any of the cases I've mentioned here tonight or would like to investigate any of them, just get in touch by the description below. I post content like this every week, so please follow, subscribe or like, and share the video if you can. Or visit my Patreon for exclusive and early sighting reports. I'll be back the same time, same day, next week. Good night everyone.
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.